Hi, I'm Tina Spangler with TLC Barrels and welcome to my podcast. It is May 23rd of 2022 and this is my Q&A for my Facebook virtual coaching group number 93. Um, yeah, that's awesome. It's um, only like 11 weeks until my group has been going for two years. Um, so we're in actually... Um, 22 states now and we have about 116 members so that's awesome so I'm really enjoying the group I hope everybody had an awesome weekend I want to thank you all for first um my Jack Russell had heart failure on Friday he's been he had he's a runt he was a runt and he had a heart murmur at birth and about a year ago he started having acting odd and his heart got beat got really irregular and so about nine months ago they put him on three different medicines twice a day and he fought as long as he could fight and he finally had a really really bad week and each day got worse and so anyhow I lost him after 13 years and you know you're not supposed to have favorites but he was my favorite so it was pretty rough on Friday so I do thank you for your patience and condolences and all of that. And then I had to pack and prepare for a clinic and a, you know, six hour drive round trip and a <clears throat> six hour clinic. So for Sunday, so that was Saturday and I got a couple videos in on Saturday, but needless to say, Sunday was a, like a 13 hour day. And then I got, came home and had to take care of my horses and long story short, um, I spent all of today, um, getting caught up, getting organized, and got 11 videos done for the clinic. And I will start tomorrow um, working on the group's videos. And I have um, I have about 20 to do. So, um, so anyways, I've made a list, and I've checked it twice, and I'm going to be working on them Tuesday through Thursday. My hope is to get at least 10 done a day, so I'll have them done Tuesday and Wednesday. But... It's all and depends on the internet and Wi-Fi and if everything goes as planned. Um, I do, of course, have to work around lessons and errands. And um, I actually get to go see my doctor finally on Wednesday, the orthopedic surgeon appointment to see about getting my hip surgery. So I'm excited and nervous about that, but it's definitely something that needs to get done. I also had my birthday on Sunday, and I want to thank everybody for all the love you sent, all the messages, phone calls, texts. Um, and the ladies at the clinic, I, um, as I mentioned, uh, up in uh, Hudson, Florida, about near uh, Tampa, near the ocean, the Gulf. And um, they were so sweet. They got me cupcakes and a birthday card and sang happy birthday to me at lunchtime. And I honestly was excited about this clinic. There was um, only, I think, five adults and seven youth. And um, five of them were regular clients of mine. So it was, in matter of fact, they're in the group. So it was nice to get to see them and work with them. And then seven were new and a lot of the youth. Um, so it was a lot of work, a lot of basics missing and foundation and such. Um, and always with youth riders, you know, it you know, it just takes time. So my hope is that I planted some seeds and they will grow. And these riders will um, see the value by seeing the other riders that were in the clinic. 
um, and how good their foundations were and how nice their patterns were and, and hope that they'll do the slow work and make everything come together and, and they get to be a part of the group for a month and it's going to take time. You know, it's like going from elementary school to college. You've got to not skip, skip steps or you'll be overwhelmed, but you know, I'm not saying don't go have fun, but definitely spend the time getting that solid foundation. So, um, so anyways, we had a nice variety of writers from 1D to just starting. Um, so it was a fun clinic. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and get into everything. Um, I will be putting some challenges in the group tomorrow. As, as always, I'll be doing my uh, video tips. Um, don't forget to tell me if you had a personal best in May. Uh, we will be doing the drawing on June 2nd. So, of course, this holiday weekend coming up counts. So if you have a personal best, and it can be anything from exhibitioning your cult, uh, loping the pattern for the first time, your personal fast time in an arena that you go to regular, or you left them all standing, or you had an awesome first barrel, or any goal met is a personal best. And um, and so please let me know about that so we can do your drawing a drawing for a prize. Um, one person wins, but everybody's a winner basically because anytime you meet a goal, that's a win. And so let's see here. What else did I want to say? Oh my goodness. So much to talk about. Um, you know, uh, the skill this week um, is going to be spirals with um, 360s. And I think this is important um, for a lot of people. If, if, it's, if it's a hot horse, um, you know, the, the, the slower, the better. If it's a lazier horse, the more fluid, the better. But I think that's going to be the skill for this week. And I'll put the video in the group. Mindset, we're going to continue this whole month with positive, app, you know, positive thinking, positive thoughts. And um, so what we're going to do is uh, positive affirmation by writing down words that you're going to say daily or read daily or even pray, uh, pray about daily. You know, that way you're saying them and, and you're doing them and your, your brain tries to match what you're thinking. So last week we talked about positive thinking and this week we're going to talk about writing it down and saying positive affirmations. You know, it's just like losing my dog. I feel like my heart's broken, driving back from the clinic, pulling in my driveway, knowing he wasn't going to meet me at the door. I immediately got upset and I remembered all the the ending, but then I had to make myself remember all the wonderful years and the good memories. And that's how you take a negative and make it a positive. I had to do, you know, I, I had to say goodbye to him. It was time. That's never easy, but I try to focus on the 4,500 days we had together. You know, he was 13 years old, whatever that is, 4,000, 5,000 days. And, um, I spent more time with him than I did my own husband. <laughs> he slept next to me. So, you know, he uh, literally slept next to me every single night. My husband traveled all the time. So I was close to my dog. But um, anyways, it's just one of those things that, you know, you just get used to them being there. They're your best buddy. And um, anyway, so, so it, it's just those things, you know, you have to stop and write down all the things you are thankful for, you know, and, um, and positive affirmation helps. So everybody, I'll, I'll get more into that. But um, the topic today is going to be learn by doing. And um, that's what I'm going to talk about. So uh, let me see here. We had, let's see, my goodness, we've had a lot of new members. So I'd like to welcome uh, Bonita from Alabama, Sharon and Jamie from Florida, uh, Sandra from Montana, and uh, 
uh, Jenna from Florida. Um, I believe actually Sharon's daughters are Jamie and Jenna, and they just joined a couple days apart is all. And then of course I uh, added some of the members from the uh, writers from the clinic for a free month that they get, and hopefully they'll stay if they like it. And let's see what else. Uh, I think that's all though. Um, so we got, you know, Alabama we already had, but Montana was nice. They have a new member from Montana. So that's awesome. So welcome to all of you. And normally I just want everyone to know, I usually do the videos turn around in 24 to 48 hours, but just always remember Monday's going to be the busiest day for me because of course everybody barrel races Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and everybody starts sending me their videos. So I'm the least busy by Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Um, so, so just be patient. If you did send me a video over the weekend, it, you know, it's going to be a little bit, depending on how many people are ahead of you, it can take longer. Um, I can turn around pretty fast once I get caught up by midweek to the end of the week. So, um, so anyways, just giving you all a heads up and, um, just so people understand how the video analysis works, I'm switching from coach's eye, which I've been using for 10 years because they're retiring in September. To a new one, Coaches Now. And when I signed up for Coaches Eye, uh, it took a long time to work out all the bugs and technical issues. I had to work with them all the time. And I'm finding the same thing with Coaches Now. So I actually have an appointment on the phone with one of the tech people at one o'clock tomorrow to work on the bugs in their app with my Android and my iPad. So it's always something with this technical stuff, but it's such a nice. Um, Thing. It just takes time. So I just want you guys to know it's not always in my control how fast I can get things done. So so once I look at a video regular, I look at it in slow play and then I do the critique um, and then I download it and then I send it to you and then I send any videos. So one video can take anywhere from 15 to 30 minutes depending on how long it takes. You know, by the time I, you know, 10 minutes of looking at it and critiquing it. 10 to 20 minutes of downloading, depending on how good the service is at that time. And then, of course, sending it to you and sharing it and sending you the video tips. So so it is time consuming. That's why I prefer if you don't hit me with five videos at once, I prefer if you send me just one a week, um, you know, and, and learn from that video and, and then practice and apply and then go again. But I know some of you run super shows or have multiple horses or or a family, things like that. So absolutely, you know, if you need to send me two a week, that's fine. Um, maximum eight a month. Um, but, you know, just be patient with me. And I realize sometimes we have, you know, two or three day shows. Um, as I mentioned before, the original setup was one run per week. Um, and I really didn't think that through with people that have multiple horses or, um, you know, run in super shows and things like that. So, so I try to be fair as long as you guys are fair with me, it all works out good in the end. So, and I appreciate your, um, your, uh, kindness about that. So, um, my goal is to help you and, um, but I also want to help everybody. So I gotta be fair in where I spend all my time. So, um, like I mentioned, the, um, the, uh, I'm going to talk a little bit more in the group about the challenge for the mindset, but I do want you, I'm going to tell you now. So if you have a pen and paper, write down your positive, um, you know, affirmations, the words that are important to you. And then of course I want you to read them daily, say them out loud, believe in them, and you can pray about them, whichever, whatever your thing is. Um, you know, it can be anything, you know, from, you know, a goal, you know, if, if it's a connection with your horse or being a solid team or consistent or shaving time or winning a, 
a circuit, you know, or division or, you know, doing well at world or youth or, um, you know, state or anything like that, whatever your thing is, you know, maybe it's just to be happy and peaceful and secure and, um, you know, and help others and, you know, whatever it is, you know, just write down the things that are your positive affirmations, your goals, what you want for your life and read them because the more you know what it is that you want, you write it down. Like I wrote down my top five and I'm going to say them and pray them, pray about them every day this week and, you know, and just focus on that, you know, and, um, that really just keeps your mind in that grateful place. And I think that's really important. So, um, So again, uh, I'm going to, if you have a free runner, the spirals and the 360s will be the skill. But if you have a lazy horse, the fence-to-fence drill might also be good for the push-style horse. I'll probably share both of those in the group this week, and you can do whichever one. You know, the the horse that anticipates the fence-to-fence drill is really good. The horse that's more hot and needs collection and control, the spirals with this 360 is a good drill. And you can even try them both and just kind of mix it up and have fun with it. So, all right. So um, I did a podcast about 10 minutes about heat stroke and horses, um, summertime care. So I hope you guys listen to that. Um, Heat can be extremely dangerous and horses can uh, become very, very uh, you know, emergency as far as life threatening really fast. So be careful about that. Um, so again, I did a 10 minute podcast on that. You're welcome to listen to it. I also want to comment about, um, if you're solid in the 3d or 40, I love a solid 3d or 40 horse. Not everybody has the means to buy a 1d horse. And nowadays, you know, you're lucky to get yourself a 1d horse for $50,000. And, um, if you're not making them yourself, you know, that's what people are spending six figures for them. So, you know, it's, it's really pretty insane. Um, but you also have to remember if you have a solid 3d and 40 horse, generally they're going to be a little less upkeep than that 1d or 2d horse, just because it's so competitive in that division. Those horses Put, put push it for everything and they can often soar themselves pretty easy where maybe your solid 3d or 40 horse is a little more conservative and they'll back off on you know ground that may not you know be the safest or whatever but they also um you know you don't have to spend quite as much and keeping that upkeep because it really is insanely competitive at that level so you know a solid 3d and 40 horse you should be proud of that i mean you're talking 1D to 3D is one Mississippi. That doesn't sound like much, right? Seems like a lot when you compete in barrel racing, but a 3D run is a really pretty run, you know, and um, a 40 run is just one Mississippi, two Mississippi, you know, so you're looking at a couple body lengths from horses. I put in the group last week, a video of um, one of our Texas members. She was running against um, Cassie Mori and she was two seconds off her. And you could see those two horses side by side and how she was pretty close to her on first, but then she, uh, Cassie fired much harder out of first to second. And that's where she lost her, you know, and she outran her. And and a lot of it was because she was on her head and trying to move her over instead of just going and getting over as she went. So, um, so those little things can really be, um, helpful. So I hope you watched that video, um, that I did for you guys. I thought it was kind of fun. And again, those kind of videos, everything I share in the group is strictly for members. It's not to be shared in the public. It's just 
for us as training tools. And, and that's also, I, I want everyone to please respect, um, the members. And again, this is how I make a living. So if you have friends that you want to share it with, ask them to join. <laughs> and that's the greatest, uh, compliment you can give me is refer a friend. So, or give me a shout out on Facebook, anything like that. So I always appreciate that. So thank you. And, um, let's see here. Uh, so I hope you enjoyed seeing that run. I, I don't know if they call that a ghost or a side-by-side. I'm not really sure, but um, let's see here. Um, the next question I had, I'm going to go into the Q&A before I go into the topic. Um, they're asking why their horse won't run between the barrels like he sprints in the arena. You know, that is the funniest thing, isn't it? And I'll tell you why. Um, my horse was the same way. I could go into the pasture or into the arena if I went in the pasture, I'd always walk or long trot the, the length of, that I was going to sprint and make sure there weren't any gopher holes or turtle holes or, um, you know, ant hills, anything that my horse could get hurt with. And then as soon as you give them that go cue, I mean, it's so minimal. It's like you just sit up and smooch and reins forward and they're gone. You don't have to kick or nothing. You're like got tears coming out of your eyes. They're running so hard. But when you compete, it doesn't feel like that. And I honestly think it's because you don't have to slow down to turn. You know, mind you, you may have to slow down a little in the corners. If you're sprinting your arena, the length of the arena, you slow down to a lope in the corners, then you speed up again. But but um, it honestly puts the fun into the run for them when you just run straight. And it honestly can help free up a lazy push style horse. My horse, Callie in Colorado, I sprinted her once a week or she was just too lazy. The fence to fence drill also helps her, helped her. But, you know, some of my horses, you know, if I wasn't competing regular and I wanted to keep their wind, I'd sprint them maybe once a month. Now, you have to know your horse. If you have a hot horse, a nervous horse, don't sprint that horse or you're going to have trouble. It's going to take you a month to get them to calm back down. So there are certain horses you want to do slow work with. There's other horses it's fun to just sprint. But to answer your question, it's because they don't have to turn a barrel and they know it's just for fun. You know, it's not something they have to work at as far as rate and turn and all of that. So that's why the difference is. But but I do believe if you do that little sprint, it can help free them up. And it also gives you a clear go cue where you understand you don't have to butterfly kick your horse. Sometimes you can literally kick the wind out of your horse or, or over kick and get in their way. So we want to find a way to encourage them with our energy and a little bit of impulsion from our legs. But we don't need like coming out of the saddle, doing the splits, kicking our horses either. So just keep that in mind when you're running. Um, it's better to be a quiet rider. I also want to comment on the um, cloud boots. Um, I've recently had to do one for my, I have an older gray mare that's getting some early Cushing's and she was having a lamin, laminitis episode. So along with butte and stall, stall rest and you know, all of that, um, we put her in the cloud boots and she is so comfortable in them. So if you haven't ever tried the cloud boots, I'd highly recommend them. People use them on the road. Um, you know, if you're taking and you're hauling long distances, or maybe if you haul to rodeos and there's a lot of rocks or cement super shows, um, if you have a barefoot horse, or if they're ever just trimmed short from the farrier, you know, you can um, go to the Cloud Boots uh, website and figure out how to measure them. I think mine were size four for her. Um, but anyways, it tells you how to measure the foot so you'll know what size to get. But I really like them, and they're really a smart thing to have in your tack room. If ever you do have a horse that gets abscess or laminitis or trim too short or, you know, just anything, um, you're going to bad ground or, 
having to sit in cement too long. So just keep that in mind. Those are really nice. Um, you know, someone had asked me about how, um, you know, talking to their horse really helped them in their run. And, and I told them, absolutely. Those are two things that I've always done with my horses. Um, and I wanted to share those with you, things that have worked for me. They're not really secrets as much as they are things that have worked for me. And talking to my horses has always been something that works for me. Um, I think it's because I'm mindful of my horse. I'm focused on my connection to my horse by saying good girl or easy, you know, as we were approaching the alleyway and then, you know, I'll smooch or cluck on the backside of the barrel to hustle out. Um, I'll say, whoa, or here for rate and turn. So just by saying it, I also do it. And that I think is really important as well. Um, the next thing I also like to do, especially my open horses who I do not exhibition and I haven't made a run in a while, you know, if it's been a month since I ran, I'll walk an invisible pattern while I'm warming up or waiting my turn. And just so that my horse and I are in sync and they feel my cues, they feel me get up and sit down and turn my body and, um, use my legs and, and they're really focused to my cues and there's no barrels. It's invisible barrel pattern. Obviously you have to watch who's around you so you don't turn into them or anything, but, but I'll do that just at a walk and it just really does get me and my horse in sync together and it's very helpful. So if those are a couple of things you might want to try in your competition that you will find is helpful. Um, let me see if I had any other questions, um, before I go into the topic. One was about basics. Um, I absolutely think that you need to uh, take the time, you know, take the time to make sure you have a solid basics. You really have no business loping the barrels if you cannot lope a big and small circle with speed control and consistent, you know, two hands to one hand um, or even the entire thing one-handed. So I really think that's super important to not um, expect your horse to have a good pattern if you don't even aren't even able to do a perfect circle. <clears throat> so I did do a tip in the um, group this week about um, what uh, are the basics you should have by minimum basics you should have on your horse uh, before you even take them to the barrels. So the topic today is learn by doing and um, doing clinics and lessons for the last 30 years. It's really taught me that um, I could get on somebody's horse and make them look really good, but it doesn't teach the rider how to do it. I can actually demo something and a rider will still do it differently than I demoed it. Like they won't even get the pattern. I'll, they'll literally watch me walk the pattern on a horse's back and still not do the pattern the same as I just did it. Um, so what I mean by that, whether I'm riding your horse or I show you on another horse people just don't learn by watching alone. They learn by doing. Not everybody can watch and do. Most people learn by doing. And a perfect example of that is um, when I had to first start changing the four-wheelers and the lawnmower uh, oil changes and stuff. I had to get the manual out and the YouTube videos and I would spend an hour and be in tears and finally I got to where I could do it in 10, 15 minutes and no stress, no manual. I just knew what to do. And um, especially on the John Deere mower and stuff. So it just became easy the more I did it. And that's the same way for anything in life, barrel racing, <clears throat> horse training and everything. The more you do something, the better you get at it. The experience comes into play. 
sorry, I talked for six hours straight yesterday and probably another six hours today doing video reviews. So my throat's a little rusty. Um, so I really do think it's important to, um, you know, I found also when I'm on foot and I can get closer to a person, I can touch their hand and foot and show them where their hand and foot should be for the cues. I can point where I want them to be. Sometimes that even works better than me showing them on a horse or if I get on and do it on their horse. So, you know, there's a time and a place for everything, but I truly do believe people learn by doing um, most of all. Um, so number one thing I want to talk to you about is sometimes I'll post a video of a drill and then you guys send me a video of you doing my drill and it doesn't look the same. So that's why I would like for you to occasionally not just send me your competition videos, but your training videos. And I put in there my little redneck uh, piece of wood with some nails that you can set your phone on and you can put it on a barrel or a fence post and just do a one or two minute video of you doing one of my drills and um, send it to me. And I can say, hey, you know, do this, do that or whatever. I don't even necessarily have to do a slow play. I can just look at it and say, okay, you know, change your hand here or bigger here or smaller there. But it gives me an idea that I can see um, what you're doing in training, not just in competition. So that is a suggestion. The second thing um, is what I mentioned about, you know, changing the oil on the mowers and stuff. Um, this is why repetition is so important. Um, if you do practice, you're going to get better. If you just go barrel racing on the weekend, you're not going to get better. You know, especially those of you that are unable to ride your horses and all you can do is pony them or, or, you know, pull them behind a golf cart, whatever. It really is valuable that you connect to your horse. So if your horse is really hot, you need to find a way to settle them down. And it can begin with groundwork like face flexing, disengage the hindquarters, rollbacks from the high, the front end around the back end all on the ground and then learn to do it in the saddle one rein stops disengage the hindquarters walk perfect circles it doesn't have to be in an arena with a barrel it doesn't have to be it can be out in the cow pasture but a horse you know you've got to be on their back to warm them up at a rodeo or a barrel race so you've got to get them where they will allow you to once or twice a week do some slow work with them not necessarily barrels not necessarily drills but it makes me sad when people say that they can't trail ride their barrel horse it makes me sad when people say their horse won't walk the pattern could you imagine being that stressed all the time that you can't calm down that's a terrible place to be so there are things you could try for that have your vet maybe prescribe something talk to a holistic practitioner for something calming a calming herbs or whatever and then do like I mentioned with the groundwork um, and try to make that horse a happier, calmer horse. It, it truly breaks my heart that a horse can't walk. I had a horse in the clinic this weekend that was the same way. She started super, super hot. And I just had her ride one-handed, rubbing her horse's butt. And the more we walked circles, the more she started to finally settle down. But it can be done, but you have to do more slow than fast. You have to spend all your time just walking and maybe sit jogging and not post trotting or loping. And so slower can just be walking, you guys, and just sit jogging too. It doesn't have to be a lot of long trotting or loping or anything like that. So that's important to me. That's number two. The third thing is about the education with speed, how important your slow work is for your muscle memory, for consistency. Repetition and consistency is where 
the education with speed is going to take place. So um, I have that rule. You guys know 80% body, 18% leg, which would be like your calf and your feet, your calves and your feet, and 2% hand. That's my ideal rule for my go cue, my rate cue, and my turn cue. Anything that I'm doing, I'm going to ask them to do it, and then I'm going to let them do it. I'm not going to make them do it. So that's super important. That's number three. Number four is trial and error. Um, you just don't know, like, are they ready for the next step? All you can do is say, okay, I've got a solid foundation. They're loping a pretty pattern. Let's see if I can add some speed home. Let's see if I can add some speed to third or to second, you know, or to first and just kind of do it backwards, you know, and if they're handling it, great. And you may have to back off sooner. So let's say you kick them two or three times and smooch out of the barrels. Then maybe back off if you normally sit down two strides out, maybe sit down three or four strides out and say easy or whoa or here and prepare them sooner with their new added speed. So sometimes when you add speed, you lose rate or you lose turn. So keep that in mind and it takes them a little while to figure out how to rate and turn with their new added speed. And you have to help them. You can't just sit there. You have to actually say, hey, now. But remember what I said about asking and not doing their job for them. That is really important that you ask and then let them do their job. But you have to give them time to register in their brain. If you're walking, things happen slow. If you're jogging, things happen slow. When you start loping, things are starting to happen a little faster. There's a whole lot of speed between lope and run. So if you, at lope, you could sit down at the barrel you know, at a high lope, you might sit down two strides from the barrel. At a run, you might sit down four strides from the barrel, again, until they get used to it. Number five is experience. Experience is the best teacher. Never, ever, ever stop learning. You will be learning your entire life. So when I was training horses, every horse taught me something. When I was doing clinics, every horse and rider combination, or while I'm doing clinics, every horse and rider combination teaches me something. Um, and then also uh, lessons, every horse and rider, it teaches me. You know, there's a there's a certain, you can kind of put things in categories for horses. There's your rollback, there's your front endy, there's your four-wheel drive, there's your stiff, they're bendy. You don't want to change a horse from who they are if it's truly authentic style and it's a good style for them. Um, but in the beginning, I want them all to have four-wheel drive. I want them to all have some lateral bend. And then as they're showing me that they know how to carry themselves correctly and all of that, then would I go ahead and let them say, okay, if you want to be a little rollbacky at first, I'm going to teach you flex and fluidity so you won't be stiff and sticky uh, at competition day. During the week, we're going to do circles for flex and fluidity. But if that's going to be your truly authentic, powerful get in, get out of first barrel, then I'm just going to make sure that where most horses I'd back off, you I'm rain hand forward, smooching and keeping my legs on so that you roll back and keep moving around the barrel. But I will tell you, rollback horses, your timing has to be impeccable. Front endy horses, your timing and position has to be impeccable. Four-wheel drive is probably the most forgiving. A horse that bends in the rib cage and stays moving around the barrel, they can be the easiest for you if you make a timing mistake or a position mistake. Um, problem with the other two styles, um, the rollback's hard on their hocks. The front endies obviously hard on their front feet. Uh, also, if you don't get them in the right spot, you know, they're better sometimes to have their pocket behind the barrel because if you if you back off too soon, you're going to hit. If you go too deep, you're going to stall. 
but sometimes you can keep that momentum by just having a little bit more room on the back side with that kind of horse. So those are just things you have to keep in mind. You know, you have your horses that rubberneck and lose their hip. So that kind of horse, you got to keep their face a little straighter and work more on keeping their shoulder and ribs out so their hip stays in. You know, they may benefit from scissor legs, but that's what I mean. Every horse is a little bit unique and you just kind of get to get to know them. So I'm going to keep this week short and sweet just because my throat is about done and I still have about 20 videos to do for the group, but I wanted to get this Q&A done and um, I'm going to close um, by saying that um, when I started um, this group, I asked Jill, Jill who's in the group, if she thought I would be able to get any members. I remember, um, you know, uh, wondering if I'd even have enough stuff to talk about you know, to keep the group fresh and going, you know, and, um, and like I said, I'm 11 weeks shy of the two year anniversary of this group. And it just keeps, um, you know, that's less than three months away. I never run out of things to talk about or, um, and I, I really, I think it's because the group is so exciting. We have so many different levels of people and, different kinds of horses and and y'all send me in some fun questions and you know you send me videos that you want to see analyzed and you know so it's always something going on so whatever's going on in the group that kind of gets me going with the Q&A for the following week so so now you know I really just feel like um you know it's just been an awesome thing with us being in 22 states getting to see how other states are doing and and all of that as well and and their way of of their pins and different kind of setups and all of that and just enjoying the group overall and um and again like i said it's fun to be a trainer's trainer because a lot of you are very experienced um barrel racers and horsemen and just to have a second set of eyes you know the slow motion reviews are extremely helpful because you just can't see all the details on a full out run you know you can say okay i think i was out of position or I think I might have looked in or started too soon, or, or I think I might have been late. But by being able to look at your photos and slow your videos down, it truly is just one more tool that helps you get to that next level. And like I mentioned, the more you can spend time with your horse three days a week, whether it's groundwork, slow work, drills, whatever, um, the better you're you know, going to be because you've got that teamwork, you've got that connection. Um, it's all just so very important. So I'm going to go ahead and close by saying I really appreciate each and every one of you guys. Thank you for your support and patience. I believe in all of you. I believe in each and every one of you. And I also want you to understand that I know how hard you are on yourself. And you also have to remember that there's people in this group that have been clients of mine for 15 years. It doesn't happen overnight. You know, it's an ongoing thing all the time. So if you're just starting and you've just been doing this for a year or two years or three years, just realize it takes time. It's a constant education. It's a constant um, peaks and valleys. It's just a lot of work, but it's fun because you love it and you're passionate about it. You're passionate about horses and barrel racing. So um, again, you can learn from everybody you meet. Um, you may take things that imply it and other things you may leave it and maybe use it down the road or not at all. But it does take a lifetime to really, truly master horsemanship. And um, you should always be wanting to learn. My goal is to be the best coach I can be. I have never been a virtual coach completely. I've always had, you know, I've done virtual coaching, but it's usually for people who've come for lessons and clinics. So I've only got 
less than two years under my belt of 100% virtual coaching of some of you I've never met in person. So last week, um, the one that made my day the most, and it came in on the day that I lost my dog, um, you know, the the day that my uh, hunter passed away, uh, was from Kayla in Alabama. She literally been in the group for less than a week, and I gave her one video review and told her to just change, do some rate work at home, and and do some drills. I gave her a couple drills to do, and then I told her to use more give and take and sit four strides out with her hands give and take, sit earlier, prepare earlier. And they won first place in the 2D and she was ecstatic. She started crying when she came out of the arena and she sent me her video before anyone else and wanted to share it with me. And it just made me happy tears, you know, because here I was crying over my dog being sad, but then here I was so happy for her because she was so happy and, you know, her and her horse, it was a beautiful run. So that's why I do this, because if I can give one horse and one rider a happier relationship, not where you're yanking on them, jerking on them, snatching on them, the horse's alley sour, you know, dreads its pattern, goes up the fence. That's an unhappy barrel horse. You don't want a horse to be unhappy. So if it means slow down, go back to basics, you know, get checked out, don't enter, just gate you know, um, get your nerves in check, get their nerves in check. Um, you know, you got to really figure out what's the root cause. And that's what I want to do for people. And I can tell you so many times people sent me horses for training for alley issues and they didn't do the work. They would have me do the work and, and maybe they just didn't know how, but you know, after getting a horse checked out, you know, dental, chiropractor, farrier, vet, all those things, make sure they're not bleeders, ulcers, all that stuff, saddle fit, etc. And then just haul them to practice nights, walk in and out the gate, just do resting in the arena and working outside the arena, hauling them to jackpots and just gating them again, resting them only in the alleyway and working them out outside the arena. And, you know, let them know that the arena is a good place to be, you know, and those kind of things have to happen, you know, and I have a whole podcast on alley issues, et cetera, that you can listen to and see what might be why your horse does it. So, um, so anyways, I just want to, you know, to say that to you guys, um, you know, again, this is my goal to be the best virtual coach I can be. And I'm sure there will be times I let you down and I mess up, but it won't be for lack of try. And that's the same with you and your competition. That's the same with your horse. That's called riding with heart, putting the horse before the competition and giving 100% doing your best inside and outside the arena. And then that's when you're riding with heart. So I'm going to go ahead and close with that and say to you guys. God bless and have a wonderful week and I'll be working on your videos. Thank you.